Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. And we're back. Shelby, how you doing? Pretty good. Um, you know, Sam Panic, different disco. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I read that the other day and I'm like, oh, I gotta put that. I'm gonna say that to Matt at some point on the podcast. It was just too good. Same panic, different disco. <laughs> you know what? I could probably talk for an extensive period of time on, on that band. It is amazing to me that there's this like resurgence that they is there? sort of ha- well i guess i mean to me it seems like there is anyway like i'm hearing them on the radio all the time now mm-hmm. but i'm like they were like cool for a minute and then they just sort of disappeared and then they're sort of coming back it's i feel like them and fallout boy are trying to have a race to see who can become famous again do you have one you're specifically supporting to become famous again matt no no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I uh I wish them all the best. I really do. Anyway, you distracted me. Uh we're we're on a podcast here, Shelby. Come on, act professional. Podcast. Uh Shelby, you're going uh Barbie. You're going to be Barbie tomorrow yes. or not tomorrow. Be Barbie um on Halloween. Halloween. Yep. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh should be fun. Yeah. I got the blonde uh, wig and everything. So That's good stuff. I will be not dressing up. Listen. Boring. <laughs> it really is. I, I honestly can't remember the last time I like truly dressed up. Like two years ago, uh, my wife Megan, she dressed up as like a witch. And I was like, we're about to go out for trick-or-treating. I'm like, I didn't know you were dressing up. <laughs> like now I'm the guy that's like walking around and not wearing a costume or anything. Lame. I don't know. I just, I've never really been one to do that i i remember in ninth grade this is what we're talking about in today's podcast uh in ninth grade i decided like hey i'm just gonna go crazy and go to like walmart the night before and just whatever's left on the shelves i'm just gonna be that so like i grabbed like a big pumpkin outfit thing uh it was quite wide but you can fit your arms through it i did that and um i did uh just a clown wig and I showed up at school and everyone was like, what is this guy doing? Like barely anybody else dressed up. I don't know. So, I'm sorry, Matt. It's, it's traumatic. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm telling you about this now. It was it was quite traumatic. Well, um, we should have a little Made by Things uh, costume contest. I think that's that's what needs to happen. That's a good idea. That's not bad. Nope. Okay. Anyway, uh, anyway. Let's, let's, uh, let's get on subject here. Uh, we have... An amazing guest today, uh, a guest that uh, has written a couple books now, one of which I think we're going we're gonna to talk about a little bit, uh, a guest that we've actually had on the show before, um, but we have some new uh, questions for him this time. So, CJ, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah. CJ, Good to be back. Uh, you talked about your Halloween costume just a little bit. Yes, we, my wife and I, are going as Barbenheimer. So she's going to be weird Barbie, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be Oppenheimer. That's nice. Uh, I I imagine that you are going to be doing a lot of um, 
kind of acting in this role of yours. There will be very few smiles, I assume. <laughs> yes, a lot, yeah. a lot of fake pipe smoking. It's a good idea. <laughs> uh, CJ, before, before we really get into it here, uh, you just uh, you just released a new book, and uh, I, I haven't finished it yet. I have started. Uh, I was on vacation and I was, had, I was childless for a little while, and I was actually getting through a book. And I came back to reality, and it's the bookmark is still Love in that. it, and it's right next to that, me still. Well, that does that that that's an honor. I think time is so precious. We live in a too long didn't read culture, and so for you to say, "Hey, I actually have time away from my kids, and I want to do something intentional to choose something that I wrote," that's a very that's, that's just a yeah doesn't no, get much I'll better. I'll tell you though, like it was. To get more specific, we were staying in a little cabin, and it was a really cold morning, and I went out on the porch, freezing, and sat there on this little nice chair and was reading it for like an hour or so. It was nice. Oh. Wow. I thought this was about to get romantic. I'm like, oh, man. This, this is not a candle the... or two. Uh... My wife and I were just sitting down. With a book about the metaverse and the future of media technology, and let me tell you, <laughs> we 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 laughed, we cried. <laughs> um, you know what? That, <laughs> I guess all that being said, uh, can you tell us a little bit uh, about the book? And that's a big question, but yeah, it's a right. It's really not to sound so big, but it's a it's a book about the future of humanity, and uh, the premise is that the way we communicate with each other using media technology, I believe is as important as issues like climate change uh, and other issues that affect really the future of <laughs> the the race, um, our planet. And I try and make a case for that throughout yeah. this book. There was, there was a lot of great examples that you brought up early in the book. Um, I honestly, like I was a little... I was a little skeptical at first, right? Because I'm like, am I, am I just going to read the same, like, thought of like, hey, social media is bad, computers are kind of evil, right? Um, but I love the examples yeah. that you you bring up early on in the book, and just honestly, and I'm not just trying to blow smoke here, just the way that you write books. There was at one point on this little camping trip of mine and my wife's, I closed the book and I looked at her and I said. This guy should get so much more attention than he gets right now. Um, and oh, I just, that's very kind again, just the way that you write and just the, the topics as a whole. Yeah. It was the same way with your first book, too, or with your last well, book. I don't know if that's your first one, but. Um, it, I'm, I'm, I'm glad these books find who whoever yeah. they're meant for. So uh, I'm glad that you, you read that. And yeah, it. it the whole get off my lawn 21st century social media thing, it's very tired and it's really easy to get there. What I've been trying to do in the stuff that I write around this topic is say, look, we're not putting this genie back in the bottle. And honestly, there's a lot of good that's come from social media, from technology, obviously, in any sort of category. But how do we be more intentional, especially as caregivers and parents and people who are in charge of the future generation when it comes to these very, very powerful tools, knowing that there are some bad actors, 
knowing that a lack of intentionality will be the death of us. And so how do we sort of balance this, you know, seesaw of urgency and clear-headedness and concern with sort of this acceptance that this is the world that we live in. And and that's that's the conversation I'm really interested in having because it's so much easier to just kind of like blank out and let it wash over and go, ah, that kids will be kids or, you know, I guess Instagram is Instagram and there's a there's a, a, a nuanced sort of balance between those two ideas of ah, I'm just going to be a Luddite and, you know, damn all this stuff and, uh, you know, Oh, you know, I guess, well, it's okay. I guess my kids just have, have, to, have, to, have, to, have to, they have to have TikTok because right. they're 10 years old and they're asking for TikTok. Right. It, I guess that's another thing too. Like as a parent, especially it's like, yeah, I, again, I think you see, I think it's pretty obvious, like what the things that are good and what, th- what things are bad. Um, it, it's definitely, you know, I'll say it's not always the easiest thing to, to manage all the time. Right. Like, Sometimes you're like, there are, you know, even with like an iPad, stuff like that, where it's like, there are a lot of great things that kids can do with an iPad, a lot of things that they can learn from it. There's a lot of bad things, just not, I don't know, there's a lot of just kind of detrimental to their health things that they can do with something like that. And it's, it's, it can be tough to balance those things sometimes. Well, I think we'd all be better off if we were to just create clearer categories for all of this stuff. Like, obviously, a kid using Procreate, <laughs> right. there's really nothing I can imagine that's wrong with that. But what we're starting to see are these ads from all of these sort of apps and technology companies that are like, here's the kid-safe version. Here's how you kid-proof this thing, which that feels a lot to me like the equivalent of vaping to cigarettes you know it's like no this is an inherently adult platform like this will screw Mm -hmm. with adults if they're not careful so instead of just saying you know what we really don't want kids let's just make this a little bit safer in the mean like that 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 to me is the stuff that really i think we should have way more parameters and thoughts a really direct question here um again before we get into the real questions because i'm curious your thoughts here do you think that um, things like TikTok should be banned? Yeah. Like completely? I don't think they should be banned completely in the same way. I don't think gambling should be banned completely or any other things that are highly regulated should be banned completely. And in there, yeah. there is in my answer. <laughs> yeah. Keyword highly oh, regulated. I love it. Um, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's a key phrase. I don't yeah. know, key word, but yeah, semantics. <laughs> um, the the book is called. Let's see here. I have it, for me. it has a long title here. The forgot. <laughs> the forgotten art title, of being so, ordinary. Yeah. The human manifesto in the age of the metaverse. Love it, man. Uh, real quick, again, before we really get into this here, people can pick it up on Amazon and anywhere else? Yes. Pretty much uh, wherever books are sold. Yep, wherever books nice. are sold, they can get it. All right. Let's get into kind of the, the big question that we've been sort of asking creatives this this new season of ours. 
and it is, what things do you wish you could undo? It's a really simple question. And I... <laughs> totally simple, simple to say. <laughs> Super um, simple question. And I realize it's one of these things where it's like, it's it's hard to truly have like regrets because every single thing that we've done, every mistake that we've ever made has sort of led us to where we are today. So it's hard to really regret those things necessarily. Um, but I, I think it's still a good question to ask, especially so that people earlier in a similar path may be able to kind of pick up on um, some of these things that they should be looking out for. So the question is, yeah, what is one or more things that you wish that you could undo? Well, that would be a very, very <laughs> long podcast, but I'll just sort of sum it up by saying the creative journey that I've been on is a journey about slowing down and yeah, that's, I can, I could expand on that for a really long time, but really the things that I look back on where I wish I would have done something differently usually means I wish I would have done that slower. I wish I would have taken more time. That's it's really interesting that you say that. I'm not, I'm a little surprised, but also not at the same time because I can, I think that again kind of goes back to some of the writing that you do. And I think that's a lot of what you can sort of feel is like, okay, this person that wrote this clearly like thought about this a lot deeper than just like, oh, you know what? I should talk about this. Like it's it's something that I can tell that you I don't know, you stop and you think about things for like weeks or months. <laughs> Which is not a it's it's really not in my nature to the point where <laughs> I'll be I'll just be really really candid like if I regret or if I I don't regret anything and I, I'm really proud of these books but I almost a really good example I don't know if this will make sense but it's like I could even second guess whether or not the topic should have been the topic that I decided to think really really hard about. Because I didn't really think very hard about uh-huh. the initial topic. Like, oh, that's a great idea. I'll just write, you know, 55,000 words about <laughs> getting weird. I, again, I'm very happy about that and I think it worked out. But that's the kind of stuff where I go, when it, when it comes to talks, when it comes to projects, like maybe I should have chosen a little bit more carefully what I was going to sink my teeth into. Because once you're in it, it's really hard to get out. And yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. So, so that's the theme. That that's the if you look at back at my journals and if you look at you know especially I just turned thirty eight two days ago and so it's just it's the message that I just keep thank you I just keep on hearing that message over and over and over again and seeing what's cool is like being in my late thirties is like starting to see the fruit of what that can actually bring when you slow down. Why do I think this is a common thing for. A lot. Kids running fast. Um, I think it's a really common thing for everyone, though, is that I I don't think that anyone really has figured out how to slow things down. And I think a lot of it is because there is an expectation to move quickly with things. And again, like I, I'm right there. I'm 100% there. Like I don't know how to slow things down often. But I think it was especially worse when I was 
probably in my early-ish 20s. Um, I, I have a potential answer for this, but I want to ask you first. Like, why do you think that... Why do you think there is this sort of, like, addiction to hurrying and rushing and moving quickly? Well, I think in our line of work as creative professionals, you really never get away from the expectation of being a service provider in in some sense. Like, I even heard a talk about when Pharrell wrote Happy for, I think, the (laughs) Minions movie or whatever it was, and there was still this expectation of, like, okay, when's it coming, when's it coming? And he didn't get it, couldn't get it, didn't get the hook, couldn't land it, and then eventually with time created a song that, I mean, you know, everybody dances to, like whether you're 95 or or, or 5, you know. So I think we have to be the guardians of the reality that creativity unless you're like maybe Bob Dylan or three other people I can think of who's, who've graced this planet, usually takes some time and you cannot, you cannot force or, or you know, right. shortcut that. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I think about how like uh, Dolly Parton wrote uh, Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the Same Night. That's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right it's like okay then those people you know what congratulations everybody loves you and you're brilliant you know but for me that's another thing about you know late 30s going oh, i'm not gonna be yeah. i'm not gonna be that that's not who i am and so having to figure out shoot mm-hmm. what what does it look like for me to right. produce my best work i i think for me it was I don't know. Like, I definitely felt like I was I was rushed to like get somewhere in both my career and you know the work that I was doing. Like, it took a while, honestly, to start taking on projects that would last for more than like a month or two. And and when that happened, I'm like, I have yeah. so much time. And I know Shelby feels this way too. Um, not to speak for you, but um, no, that true. when you get all this time, all of a sudden you're like, wait, what do I do with all this? Like, I've never like made something in like like to really sink my teeth into it. I don't know what that process is necessarily. Um, and I think that's one of the things about, especially for younger people, um, just like going into any sort of worker calling where it's like, all right, I'm supposed to move as quickly as I can. Cause maybe part of it is just, I don't know, not necessarily having all the confidence in the world. Maybe, maybe it's a little bit of lack of confidence of like, like, I don't know if what I'm about to do is worth all the time and effort that I'm about to put into it. So instead, let me work on, like, a lot of little ideas instead. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's really good to know, I think, what are those... What are... What's been helpful for me, I actually wrote a, an essay about this a, a couple months ago, is knowing which of those ideas should be little ideas and should be iterated quickly and sort of put out there and which ones stick to a longer timeline. I think iteration is really important. And the question I usually ask myself or I'm learning to ask myself is, okay, this thing that I'm working on, does this need to be a iteration 
or the iteration. If it only needs to be an iteration, great. You know, jot it down, put it out there, see how people respond to it. If it needs to be the iteration, hold up, back up the horse or whatever the phrase is, and let's actually spend some <laughs> right. spend some decent so time on it. I started doing a talk earlier this year called The 10,000 Distractions of a Creative Guy. And um, that that was kind of one of the, the things. It was like, everyone always talks to me and they're like, oh, yeah, you do all these different things. I'm like, I guess. But like I feel like they're all at like different places at any given point. And it was sort of that idea of like, how do you know which ideas to kind of keep rolling with? And... Um, well, even this, even this format for you guys, it seems like, I mean, it's not, I've been on podcasts, this is not a knock at all, you know, like, there's been a, a, a whole sort of spectrum of, of, of podcasting where it's like super produced to, hey, we're just having a conversation, we're kind of just, you know, throwing these ideas and, 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 you know, putting it out there. I'd imagine this is like an iterative mm-hmm. process for you, and it's a different you have a different mindset with putting this content out than you do working with nationwide or whoever your biggest client is on, you know, right. an animation that's taken 100%. Three to four but months. like that to me, that's like the, that's the fun part of building, right? Is I, yeah, that's the, I guess that maybe that's the advantage that I've had over some other people is that I, I'll just try things like, I'm okay with it just completely blowing up and if being a huge failure in front of a crowd of people. I yeah. I don't know. I think it's actually kind of funny, <laughs> like depending on what it is. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's just the thing, though, is like when you just start something and then start iterating on it from there, like will will this be a podcast that we run for a thousand episodes? I don't know. Well, at least do six more. I know that much. <laughs> but it's like yeah. after each each yeah. kind of each conversation that we have with people, it's like, oh, you know what? Like this worked really well, and this worked really well. Like, how do we get? How do we recreate that with like other people that we're talking to? And I think as long as you know that, my point is, if, if for me, it's been helpful to sort of reverse engineer to start with that question what does this need to be what are my expectations for it do i care what other people's expectations are you know for it are you know depending on that then i can kind of go oh great i can just kind of print these out whatever this these things you know this is is a social media post it's a podcast it's a what you know blah blah blah, whatever it is if it's a book it's like okay no no wait a minute like that's got more you know the juice needs to be how how long does it take on average to to write a book you said it's fifty five thousand words Okay. That was the first one. I think, you know, it's tough because when you're working with a traditional publishing process, they kind of rope you through a timeline that is on their schedule. And so usually it's about a two-year timeline. So when it comes to actually, like, writing the stuff itself, once you kind of get the idea going, and there's a lot of research involved and there's a lot of rewrites and stuff, like, again, there's that time piece that you – you really can't account for as far as like what's going to spark. How do you get, if you're blocked, why are you blocked? But when you kind of add up all the hours, it's probably like a good, like four months for me, like a good quarter and a half, you know? 
Um, I remember we got lunch one day and you were kind of talking about when you, eh, I don't know if you were in the earlier stages, you're probably in those middle stages of, of writing it, I suppose. Um, and to me, it felt like you were on a fact-finding mission. Like, not nece- you weren't like necessarily like, yeah. you know, just meeting to do that, but like you're just the way that you're observing everything, the way that you're having conversations, it, it seems like you were definitely in like a research mode. Is, is that fair to say? Definitely. Yes, especially for this one, because it felt like it needed. I mean, I, I still think it could it could have been twice as long. It could have had different angles to it. But yeah, it, it was really about six months of research as a dad, as somebody who makes a living doing media, and then about maybe like three or four months of actually writing it down and kind of weaving my own perspective and opinion right. throughout it. How did you know? Sorry, I know we're we're really getting back to the book here. <laughs> uh, I just I, honestly, I find that the the, I, the process no, I'm, I'm is just that. really fascinating to me um, on how it just it becomes what it is, just based on sort of a thought there. So, um, in those early stages, I mean, you say that you like you know generally what you wanted to talk about. How do you, I mean, how do you even get to that point? Is it, is it really just like kind of journaling and all of a sudden it's this thing that you just can't get out of your head? Yeah. I mean, I think both, both my books get weird and the forgotten art of being ordinary, very, Mm -hmm. very personal to my own life and journey. Like get weird was a manifesto for anybody who felt like me growing up and continues to feel a little out of place, but also out of place on purpose. Forgotten art, of, forgotten art of being ordinary is what happens when you turn your weirdness and your uniqueness into a personal brand, and that's really all you think about, and it becomes an... Uh, which I feel like a lot of us, I mean, I, I was there for, for a while and I had to go as a dad, as a friend and as a, as a, as an individual, as a self, I needed to be like, okay, I've got to recalibrate how I, my relationship with this right. digital persona that I've you know created. And, and if I'm having to have that conversation and I'm also seeing that it's a tough conversation for kids and for other folks and for other authors and writers and stuff like I feel like that maybe it's a worthy thing to give some time and attention to so and then the other the the, the last thing I'll just say is like I just write like I've written both books or I don't know if I'll write another book but like the these past two books like whenever I've kind of gone I've lost the plot or whatever or it's like why am I doing this why am I spending time like I I wrote both of them for both my kids like I wrote I wrote get weird from for one of my uh one of my kids and then forgotten hour of being ordinary for, for the other and thinking about just that individual, that one person as I'm writing to has really sort of helped calibrate my thoughts and go, okay, what do I want him to know? What do I yeah. want her to know? It's, it's interesting that you say that. Cause I, 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 I feel very similarly about just the videos that we make now i I'll, i mean sometimes shelby's jumping in and writing stuff it probably doesn't happen nearly as much as it used to um but there's like certain things like you know 
uh, we need to make a short film. I like, Why? I'm like, because I need to say something to my kids. Like, <laughs> I don't say that necessarily, but it's like, because I, I have something mm. to say. Like, that's just kind of, it's the only real thing that yeah. I can give there. But I can confidently say there is no bigger, better motivation that I've ever had in this world than trying to communicate with them probably into the in the future right it's like you, you don't get this right now you won't you won't understand right now right but i hope 10 years from now that yeah. maybe 20 that you can look back on this and you can see um you know whether i'm here or not you know what i mean like obviously don't know what the future holds but and maybe i think about mortality and stuff like that more often than i probably should but <laughs> no i i think i think proximity and spec- I sound like such a podcast guy now with all these e-words, but like proximity and specificity and just general closeness and kinship and all of these things, that is such a good motivator, in my opinion, for, for creating art and putting stuff out there and, and spending your time iterating on something. That that has really been the the thing that has saved me, and I hope I get that across in this book is you know going back to like get off my lawn 21st century stop using so it's like no if 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 we can use technology in a way that draws us closer to each other in the real three-dimensional world then hell yeah let's (laughs) let's use technology if we're using it in a way that's actually breaking us apart and making us more isolated in the physical sort of grounded world or existence that we live in, then we've got a problem as you can see, as we can all see, just look at the past five, four years, you know? Um, before I keep going here, let me, let me ask you this. Let's go, go back to the undos. I mean like, yeah, all of that. I think that that idea of, of slowing down, I think it applies to, to all of that. First of all, um, is there any other undoes that you wish you had? I think it's, it's so, you know, like if you, if you have a partner and you've been with that partner for a while and you have a fight and you start realizing it's all <laughs> right. the same fight since like the first time you had a fight it's like oh this is what we fight about we rarely fight about things outside of this realm yes it might be about the dishwasher but the dishwasher resembles x that's really i'm not trying to cop out an answer here i i I really think Mm -hmm. the majority and i'm sure there's stuff i'm not aware of that i would i are problems of mine so but really the majority of of the stuff i look back at and go, I don't like how that turned out. It's like, well, why don't you like how it turned out? Oh, because I, I right. rushed to get to the end. I didn't trust that I had more time or I didn't want to put in the time or I didn't want to, you know, go that extra mile. So it's, I, it's funny. I was talking about this with my wife a couple of weeks ago because I've said to her sometimes, like, maybe I'm just lazy. Maybe I'm just lazy over the years. You know, sometimes I look back, oh, I should have done that more. So I don't think you're lazy. I think you're just impatient. I said that rings really, really true. So, you know, my 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 sin, so to speak, if you were talking, you know, seven deadly sins. I don't even know impatience is one of them, but it should be because that's that's mine. So, yeah, it, it comes back to impatience and the 
the unwillingness to yeah. go slow. Kick it over to you, Shelby. I think you could probably respond to that one better than me. There we go. My mic wasn't working. But um, no, that's something that I think about a lot because I have I have a terrible time slowing down. I just I just don't like to. I like constantly moving. And I think a lot of it comes with the hustle culture that we live in of content, create it all the time, never stop, content, content, content. And it's such a toxic thing because we're pushing out things. Sorry, my ice machine is being so loud in the background. Just ignore it. But <laughs> um, but it's just, it's such a sad thing though because it's kind of discouraging because we're not allowed to spend as much time as we'd like on things. And I mean, I'm an independent filmmaker, so you know we're not getting paid to do things. We have all the time in the world if we want to. But it's just that <laughs> pressure to making sure that you know you have content constantly coming out. I mean, right now I'm working on a book, a short film, and a feature. And then I'm also, I have a theatrical run of another feature. That's too much. <laughs> that's, that's so much happening. But it's also yeah. <laughs> that there needs to be content created. And I also just like making things and doing as many things as possible. But like, why though? You know, why have I grown accustomed to that as well? Is it part of the culture? Is it something inherent within me? Is it something inherent with all artists? I think that's a really interesting, um, that kind of question of why exactly are we, are we functioning like this? Yeah, I, th I think some of this is like a millennial versus Gen Z kind of thing. Like, I don't, I feel like, and maybe I've just been away from it for, for so long, but I feel like the hustle culture thing is starting to be like the emperor's new clothes. Like, I don't, I don't know a lot of people who are like, Oh man, I'm just loving the hustle. I'm just, you know, it's almost a thing to kind of the the the, the mommy blogger type of thing. It's like now kind of becoming a a, a, a meme where we're, we're starting to go like, mm, I don't know if that's kind of the the goal for and for a while it was right. We were all like, oh my gosh, that person had a blue check mark. Now everybody <laughs> yeah. can just pay for a blue check mark. So we are sort of like we're sort of shifting. This is this is my hopeful answer. It's like we are sort of starting to come out of that. I'll tell you, I got off social media. I've been off it for about three years, and I've had a way more profitable business uh, season over those three years than when I had it. And I'm actually just starting to, to, to dip my toe in and come back. And when I do, it's only after this three or four month discernment process again trying to trying to slow down going okay if i get back on instagram why am i doing that how am i doing that what should my expectations be i don't think we ask ourselves these questions before we actually get right. on the hamster wheel which again not to like oversell the book here that's really the point of the book it's not saying all these things are bad some of them are by the way like you know just as call a spade a spade like some some technology is very bad like marshall McLuhan would would say you know technology is not neutral and that excuse can't really be said for every single technology that comes out but some of it is is, is genuinely good and it takes a sense of of understanding and again intention i probably sound like a broken record at this point but intentionality from the human 
in order to to coexist peacefully and, and harmoniously with it. Uh, I want to take a tiny step back there to the idea of kind of like hurrying up and just the hustle culture kind of thing. I, I think you're kind of right. Like, I don't know. It, it's not. I think it's something that everyone sort of is realizing now. Like, ooh, okay, maybe that was not a good path and maybe not many people actually go down this path of like working all night long. Um, I mean, I, I definitely still think it exists. Um, I just don't think that it's as sort of promoted as it once was. Um, and honestly, like it's tough for me because I, I was big in the sports. I, I'm still big in the sports, right? To be at the top, be one of the top athletic people in the world. You're going to have to work really hard like it's you know spending hours and hours in the gym you have to spend hours and hours looking at film and like understanding all these things yeah. so it's it's kind of one of those things where like a lot of my work ethic came from sports and like okay i want to be the best at whatever i do so yeah i'm gonna just work harder than anyone else can because brute force is really the only I mean, other than natural ability, brute force is the only way that you're going to truly get, like, really better at something physically, right? So for me, it's always been something that, like, especially early on, where I'm like, all right, how do I take that work ethic that I know, that I know works, and be able to apply that to other things, right? And Well, there's a difference between working really hard to go in one direction where there's right. a destination and working really hard mm-hmm. on a hamster wheel spinning around 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 and never going oh my gosh this is right. actually going anywhere yeah both exert the same energy one has a payoff one has a cheap sort of yeah dopamine but hit. i think that's that's the thing that maybe people fool themselves in is saying that there is a destination in those things. Um, and I guess the, some of the things that I hear is like, um, by Shelby. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the things that, that I hear are like, like, yeah, I want to be like internet famous basically. I mean, they're not directly saying that, but that's kind of what their thing is. Like, I'm going to make something and all of a sudden, like I'm going to go viral and that's going to be the beginning of this big career, this new idea, whatever that I have. And, um, I guess my thing is it kind of takes a a balance of both of those things. Like, yes, you got to work for it, but also at the same time, you have to be able to be patient enough to to realize that this thing takes years like it, it it's not just this thing that you do and all of a sudden yeah. boom you're good um yeah yeah i mean why do you want to be internet famous it's like is that 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 just feels like a really right empty goal for sure to me yeah and also we're not i i, I think it's even tougher for people in their 30s than like maybe their 20s and stuff because right now we're sort of dealing with a very different social media than we grew up with which is even still a weird thing to say i feel like an old man being like the social media that i grew up with was called (laughs) new media and it was more about as jonathan hyde would say it was more about 
connectivity than performance. And so if you want to be a, uh, a performer and you want to create things around, um, yeah, I don't, I, I actually, you can edit that part out. I don't really have that. <laughs> we're going, we're going a lot of different places, of but, um, yeah, it's a difference between connect connectivity. And I like that idea. Um, uh, never put those two words together like that. That's really interesting. It's something that's interesting, especially talking about the way the different generations have grown up with social media and been exposed to it. Um, And I think a lot of it, I mean, it did start with, you know, it's chat rooms. People are meeting up with each other. People want to just talk and hang out. And now if you go on TikTok or something, it's just how much content can I create to get an audience that's pretty inauthentic as well, Um, unless you're really getting into somebody's really personal life. But a lot of it is very inauthentic. But also at the same time, it's great for promoting businesses too. So it's kind of where exactly do you draw the line of, and, and this is something I've thought about too for you, CJ, being off of social media, how are you able or how do you feel about being able to connect with other people or learn about different things that, that are happening or different businesses after, you know, after leaving? Well, for me too, it's been, for me personally, it's been less about, being off of social media and like not contributing to it. Like I still browse Instagram and you know, I, I was browsing Twitter for a while. And then when Musk took over and it became X, I just stopped. I was like, this is ridiculous. So, you know, I I read the news. I I'm on LinkedIn. It's not like I went, I did this complete sort of, and then I'm going to actually be back on Instagram after a few years, you know, very reluctantly and very slowly at first, but but yeah, so it's not it's not like I've I've cut it out completely. I've I've just had these moments over the past few years where I've asked myself, is this helping me? Is this serving me? Am I happier? Am I more productive? Am I more successful? Because I did this. And if the answer has been no, I've kind of just gotten over my fear of like, whoa, what what ha- what would happen if I left or what? And then I got over it and I went, okay, great, no. And guess what? I mm. am happier. I am being served more <laughs> by other things. I am more successful. Like it's not, it's it's uh, it it really is that simple. I think that that was kind of one of the things that I don't know, probably four or five years ago was kind of stressing me out was that I'm like, all right, I have to be in all of these different places and I have to, you know, I have a business. I have to be able to promote it on social media and just all these different things. And I don't know, to me, that, that was probably one of the things that became most overwhelming was I'm trying to stay to all these platforms and trying to, I don't know, I guess, I mean, we kind of talked about like having, having a brand on all these different platforms and for me, it, it was kind of uh, like, okay, like either you stop doing it or you find a way that makes you feel good about using the platform. And with Instagram, I just, for for me on Instagram, like I love just taking photos of my family and just posting them there. As far as the business goes, like we have a strategy. I'm not as involved in that anymore, but like it it works, right? Like it's, we're just, we're showing work. We're just, you know, trying to have events and stuff like that. Like whatever, that's how that works. But like for my own personal one, I'm like, it's a private account. And I'm like, I don't, 
it's really just for my grandma i feel like most of the time <laughs> um <laughs> and it's great you know it got to like okay facebook nobody when it comes to business i just i have never had a good interaction with the business on there so i just completely wrote that off but f- but for me it all came down yeah. to linkedin where i'm like hey this makes a lot of sense to be on here like if this is if i'm going to use this as a, a business platform as a platform to push my own personal career as far as I possibly can and push some of the connections that I can make. Like this, this is the platform that makes sense. But when you scroll through LinkedIn, you see just how inauthentic almost everything on there kind of seems to be. So for me, it's like, okay, well, if I, if I do this, if I go down that path, like how will I do this so that I feel good about like what I'm, what I'm writing here? It's a great question to be asking. That that's that's kind of, and then and then how are you going to guard yourself against people who are not being as intentional right. as you are? And that so that's kind of one of the issues that um, you know more recently that I've sort of been coming into is that like for me I'm like all right I'm I know what I'm going to write I'm I'm going to write something from the heart one way or another it's things that have just been on my mind for a week plus things that i write down yeah all of the things that i put on there i i imagine honestly as a full book but i'm like all right what is the 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 summary of the book in a sentence or two like what is that thing and yeah i don't know i i enjoy posting that stuff on there but then yeah you get people that are like this is bullshit like this is dumb or like they'll make their own posts that are clearly <laughs> about yours and like I don't know, just kind of the the haters in general. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you have you experienced it's that? It's not the best feeling, but oh. I hang out once. Yeah. <laughs> what, buddy? <laughs> Your car's not in here. <laughs> you go ask mommy. I bet you she knows where it's at. Go try. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, um uh yeah it, it's it's tough whenever you're doing something that you think is is good and and is meaningful but then other people out there it's kind of a i don't know it's it's almost having the opposite effect on on certain people where it's actually like they feel like they're being torn down because of that and to me that's that's one of the really tough huh. parts of think about social media is that something that makes you feel good can actually make somebody else feel even worse Hmm. Yeah, that's that's an issue that I run into all the time in in film is especially if you're promoting your own work, people just they don't want to see it. And especially if your work is good, they really don't want to see it. And a lot Hmm. oftentimes in, you know, smaller communities, Um, which is which is really sad, because especially within the artistic community, we should all be lifting each other up, you know. It should be something where you can share your work. And, you know, especially, I mean, if you see somebody with a complete opposite style to you, it's, it's not a threat. You know, it's okay. You know, just lift each other up and be supportive. It's a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I awesome. All right. Uh, let's go to some final thoughts here. Um, <laughs> Shelby, you kind of kind of started one there. Uh, do you want to go? You want me to go? Yeah. Sure. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's my, that's the start of the final thought. Um, be supportive of each other <laughs> on the internet. Um, but <laughs> no, I think, I think this is really healthy too. just being able to be mindful about the activity 
um, and what you're participating in, I think, too, um, especially within a digital space. So mindfulness is kind of the key. CJ, any final thoughts that you'd like to leave with people? We are not meant to be brands. <laughs> we are we are people. We are humans. Let the brands be brands and let the people be the people. I love it, man. All right. Well, uh, CJ, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, again, anyone who wants to check out the book, go over to Amazon. Um, CJ, what's your website? Uh, people can go to reculture.tv. That is the studio where we kind of run a bunch of our stuff through. Awesome, man. All right. Well, thanks so much again. And uh, thanks to you both. Awesome. All right. To everyone else, uh, love you. Bye. The Demanzi Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show. 